Second Kings chapter 7, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Second Kings chapter 7, from verse 1 onwards. Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a measure of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gates of Samaria. It's the prophecy, it's the word from God that came through Elisha the prophet for the people of God who were living in famine, great famine, where spiritually and materially or physically they were in famine. How do you know that? In spite of such physical famine, intense famine, these people did not seek God. Very sad. Spiritually, they were very, very much in distress, yet they did not seek God. Their physical famine was a reflection of their spiritual famine, where they, they were not that bothered about the way they lived. They were not bothered about the way they lived before God. And when the famine hit them, they didn't bother to call the prophet and say that we have a problem here. Can you inquire of the Lord for us? They didn't seek God. When it got really worse, they got mad at God. Instead of seeking God, they got mad at God. Many people in this world are like that. Their physical condition or the situation is a reflection of where they are in their souls. Yeah. Instead of turning to the living God, they get mad at God. They think that God is responsible for everything. Meanwhile, they forget that it is their fault. They have not turned to the living God. And because of that, all these things are happening. All good things come from God Almighty. But if we keep the good one out of our lives, where will we get the good things from? So you look at the people of Israel. They were in dire need here for food and they didn't have food and the word of the Lord is coming to them through this prophet Elisha who walks with God he brings a message from God having stood before God he carries this message from God and he delivers to the king to the people to the captain to the nation that was afflicted by this famine now the word came, some believed, some did not. We saw this yesterday, what happened to those who did not believe. That captain signifies a whole group of people who are there when the word comes to them. And it comes to even those people who did not believe. So the blessing of the Lord comes to people who believe and who don't believe because God wants to bless. He's so generous. We saw how the blessings of God that God has for us can go unclaimed. We can go to the grave not claiming the blessings that God has for us. And we also saw yesterday that claiming doesn't mean that we just say, Lord, I claim it in Jesus' name, I claim it in Jesus' name, I claim it in Jesus' name, and, and not actually inherit it. We also saw that we need to be people who talk faith and walk faith. We need to be a people of God who really are people who will believe every word that God has spoken to us. So if we don't believe, we see how whatever God has spoken to us will not come to pass and it is not God's fault, it will be our fault. Checks are issued if you don't 
deposit it, it goes under unclaimed checks, unclaimed funds. It's not the problem with the issuer of the check. It's the problem with us when we don't take ownership to it, don't cash it. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. So when a promise comes or a prophecy comes, we saw yesterday that our involvement in fulfilling our prophecy or the promise that God has given is very crucial. And we're going to go here to verse 2. The captain on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? I encourage you to listen to yesterday's recording. But Elisha said, you shall see it with your own eyes. You shall not eat of it. So the very same man of God who brought that blessing for those people, where they were in such famine, but when he brought this word from God saying that, you're going to have more than enough. You're going to have sudden prosperity. The very same man of God who had the anointing of God and released that prosperity upon the people actually stopped this man from receiving his blessing because he went against the word that was given to him and to his people. So the power of God that issues a blessing has the power to stop the blessing as well. We have to understand that. God told Abraham... Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. The anointing of God that works. It can bring us blessing, can stop the blessing from us, can bring us curse. And we also saw yesterday how the same man of God, Peter, who was used to give life and to raise people from the dead, was used by God to bring death to Ananias and Sapphira. Now, once again... Encourage you to listen to yesterday's recording. It will really benefit you. Having said that, we're going to move forward because our focus is how not to lose our blessings, how to inherit the blessings that God has for us. Knowing that God has substantial things for us in this month of July, we must understand that we can forfeit our blessings God has for us with our names on it. We saw that yesterday. Or we can take that and make it our own. Now, verse 3. The four men who were lepers were at the entrance of the city gate. Now, this prophecy came and after that, there's a move of God that is taking place here. You must understand. Something happened from the time it was prophesied with the God, with the Lord spoke. There's this move that took place in the spirit realm because the word was released. Once the word was released, God was behind his word. He started moving in the camp of the enemy and he started moving, you know, in the lepers and he started doing things. We don't know exactly at what time the enemies fled. We don't know after how long the spirit of God moved the lepers to go. But it all happened after the word came. And the word is very important. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. That's all the word. So the word was there in the beginning and this word was there. This word was spoken over this place that was empty, that was void, that was without shape and without form. And when that word was spoken, after it was spoken, something began to happen in that realm of God. 
and from the realm of God to the world, something took place. So when God speaks, something happens in the supernatural. Always remember this. Jesus said this. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. You know why? Because the place from where we need to receive is up there, not here. The place where our blessings can be prevented is not here, up there. But our actions will determine whether we're going to unlock or lock our blessings. If I unlock the blessings of God by my cooperation with God, then I become an inheritor of what God has for me. But if I lock the blessings of God that God has for me, whatever God has for me, by my own doing, like how this captain did, then I will not receive what God has for me. So all my blessings and everything that God has happens in the heavenly realm. That's why prophecy is very important. What God speaks is very important because when he speaks, whatever needs to be released is released in the upper realm, which is the realm of the heavenlies, the heavenly realm. And that's where the principalities and powers are also that this is not the heavens where God dwells. This is the realm between the earth and the place where God lives. There's the heavenly realm, before, between heaven and earth, when I say heaven and earth, in the upper heavens, all the way inside is where God is, down here, all the way beneath the heaven is where we are, but between that there is a realm, where the prince of darkness is at work, from there he rules over Every continent, every country, every city, every village, every town, every house, every person. You have demons that are dispatched to every zone with a specific job to do. There'll be a demon that's over Persia. There'll be a demon over India. There'll be a demon over America. That's like the big one. And underneath that, there'll be a demon over New York. There'll be a demon over Texas. There'll be a, that's another big one, but it's under the big one. Just like an army. Underneath that, there'll be a demon over Warwick. There'll be a demon over Middletown. There'll be a new demon over New York City. There'll be a demon over Fort Jervis. There'll be a demon over different places. And underneath that, you'll have demons that are responsible over certain streets and over certain, you know, places and over certain stores and over certain localities and certain there are different divisions that are there where demonic spirits have been commissioned and given power over over those places by Satan. Just like how God gives power to his servants over certain domain, Satan gives power over evil spirits over certain areas. They are responsible for that. They are very responsible over those things. When Satan says, well, keep an eye on this person who just got saved. I hate it. I tried my best for this person not to get saved. Now they got saved. Keep an eye on them. You know what that demon will do? It'll constantly follow that person wherever they go to see how it can trip them, how it can say, that. well, he doesn't like me, she doesn't like me, so I'm not going to church. Or he said this, she said this, it hurt my feelings, so I'm going to watch TV. Oh, he did this, she did this. Oh, you know what? I feel depressed because they said this. You see that? 
that Satan will be responsible. It's constantly following because its goal is to trip you up. Its goal is to set you up for a fall. Its goal is to, oh, you know what? I'll bring that old relationship here. Suddenly you see this photo. Suddenly you see this number. Suddenly you get a dream. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. This demon does something where suddenly something happens. And then what happens? You get your flesh touched a little bit. And then you say like, my feelings, I feel this way. And at that point, the person who is stronger on the inside will say, I'm not going to go by my feelings and they'll fight. If they don't fight, what will happen? They will get slaughtered. This is where God says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. What does it mean? Watch and pray. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Your spirit is willing, for you, but your flesh is weak. The reason why you need to watch and pray is for your flesh to be strengthened so you don't fall. And a lot of times people misinterpret the Bible. I recently heard someone say, but I didn't say anything. Because it wasn't the time the Lord wanted me to say some, something about it. But a lot of times people think that Jesus called his disciples to pray with him because Jesus was a man and he, need, he needed support. He needed prayer support. No, the Bible doesn't say that. Jesus did not call his disciples to pray with him because he felt weak as a human being and he needed prayer support. No, that's unbiblical, unscriptural. Jesus called the disciple to pray with him, to watch with him for one at least an hour, watch with him and pray because he knew that these guys won't, don't have the strength and if they don't pray, they're all going to fall. It was for them. He said, watch and pray. Watch with me for one more hour. Your spirit is willing, your flesh is weak. You are going to fall. Watch. I already said this is going to happen, so pray so it doesn't happen. This is what Satan is looking to do. Watch and pray, but they all fell asleep. Well, well, Jesus was weak because they didn't pray? No. He was God himself. He never needed prayer support. All his life he prayed on his own. Because he had such a strong relationship with God. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Where did people get these wrong theologies? They preach and they get into the heads of the people. And people also say the same thing because they don't read the scriptures. Jesus went and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he usually did. He prayed, and the angels of God came and ministered to him. Those fellows, they slept. He prayed, and he agonized over what he was going to carry, which were the sins of the whole world upon his body. The innocent Lamb of God knew the path that he was going to go through, and he went, and he spoke to his father. And there was a conversation that was going on between him and God, the Father, and the Father God sent the angels to strengthen him. With that strength, he rose up, and when these guys were sleeping, he said, get up, let's go. Who went forward? Jesus. Who went right into suffering, trials, and death? Jesus. Who fled? All the fellows who slept. Jesus took them so that he can strengthen them through prayer, that they can pray so that they can stand Peter didn't have to deny Jesus, but he did because he did not have the inner strength. His flesh was weak. In his spirit, he said, no, it's not going to happen, Lord. He was all enthusiastic in his spirit, but his flesh, what is that flesh? Flesh talks about self. 
Flesh is not this body. Oh, this body is tired. The spirit is willing, his body is tired, so he's sleeping. That's not what Jesus said. It's talking about the inability to overpower the sleep. That means the drive that is on the inside that Jesus had to be able to pray, even if you feel tired. Push yourself to pray. That shows you have strength on the inside. If it's not there, then you're weak. And Jesus said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And so, we see here, the strength of God that was in Jesus carried him through all those beatings and all those, the, the, the spitting and, and the torture that he went through. Beyond that, beyond that, he carried the sins of the world. Things that he never thought he never did. He can never even go close to it. All those were laid upon him. That was the worst thing. That was the worst thing. And he went through it all because he was a man of prayer. If you want to last, if you want to be an overcomer, if you want to be someone who is charged of the Holy Spirit, whose spirit is strong and your flesh is also strong to do the will of God, like how Jesus was, then you need to be like Jesus. You need to pray like Jesus. You need to let the spirit of God dominate your spirit and through your spirit dominate your flesh. Then your spirit will be willing and your flesh will also be willing to do the will of God. And those are successful warriors in the kingdom of God that God can count on. God can count on. Now, these four lepers who were lepers and they were outside the city gate, we know that if you are a leper, then you cannot be with the common people. You are outside the city gate. Suddenly, they said to one another, why do we sit here until we die? Suddenly, something happened. Suddenly, this thought came to them. I've spoken this before through the Spirit of God, and I want to say this again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Where, in the mind of a human being, the thoughts that come to a man or a woman is either from God or from the devil. Satan can give thoughts. God can give thoughts. Our thoughts are influenced by either the devil or God. Thoughts that will lead us closer to God comes from God, does not come from the devil. Thoughts that lead us away from God, even the tiredness in the body and all of a sudden I don't feel like praying, I don't feel like reading and oh, all of a sudden I feel like I want to do the bills and all of a sudden I feel like I want to get on social media and all of a sudden I feel like I need to call a friend. When? When it is your personal prayer time. All of a sudden you feel like you have no energy when, when you're about to go to church. All of a sudden you feel like the whole world is coming down when when you're about to read a Bible. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your mind gets attacked. All of a sudden you feel like you're getting thoughts that are not pure. You know all these things come from Satan, the wicked one. He is spewing his venom. He is throwing his fiery darts. What did God say for that? He said, put on the helmet of faith. Helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of the me. Put it on and keep it on. Salvation is what? Is being saved from something. Knowing that Jesus is your savior. 
believing that he is your savior, that he is a savior of your mind. A Christian cannot lose his mind. Because Jesus is a savior of his mind. He's a savior of his body. He's a savior of his soul. When I say his, it's hers also. Jesus is the savior of your mind, your body, your soul. The Bible says that. We keep our bodies and our minds pure, blameless before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ as well as our spirits. Now, when the mind is attacked by the devil, when Satan comes and he says, well, you can't do anything right. Well, I don't think anybody wants you here. I don't think everybody, I think everybody hates you. I don't think you are welcomed here. I think the whole world is against you. I don't think you can actually succeed here. When you study, you're going to fail. When you take your test, you're going to fail. And all those negative things that Satan brings. You know that those are not your thoughts. Those are thoughts from the pit of hell. What Satan is bringing, he's unleashing those things. What are you supposed to do? At that time, I was supposed to say that, well, that's true. I failed last time. I failed the previous time. I failed 10 years ago. I failed two years ago. I failed last weekend. I am a failure. So that means, what's the point in trying? Are you going to go along with what he's going to do? Or are you going to say, how long am I going to stay in this place of failure? I'm going to get out and I'm going to shut up this Satan's mouth by using the word of God. Enough is enough. See, we have to come to a place where we say that enough is enough. I am going to do the will of the Father. That's where I can be safe. Enough is enough where I am going to do the will of the Father. That's where I'm going to succeed. That's where I'm going to thrive. Now, the lepers were there. They were outside the leper colony. And now they're saying, I'm sick and tired of this. Why do we sit here until we die? Why do we sit here until we die? I pray that the Spirit of God will instill these words deep into your spirits, no matter what you're going through. You have to come to a point where you say that enough is enough. I'm not going to continue the way I've been living. I'm not going to continue the way I've been living. Why should I sit here until I die? Do I have the power to change the course of my situation? Do I have the power to change the direction that I'm going in? Do I have the power to change the way I'm living? Do I have the power to remove the curses and bring the blessings of God? Yes, you do. You do. You have the power to choose. You have the power to choose. You have the power to choose the blesser. You have the power to choose his blessings. You have the power to choose his path. You have the power to choose life. You have the power to reject death. You have the power to reject Satan. You have the power. You have the power. You have the power. You have the power. God never created powerless weaklings. God has given us the power to choose. The same power that you use to choose death, use the same power to reject death and to choose life. You have the power. So now, Satan will try to make people think that, oh, well, you can't do anything. You don't have the power. That's a lie from the pit of hell. How long are we going to believe that lie? That you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Well, can you do something about what you can? Start there. God is speaking at this hour. Do something about what you can. That's what the lepers did. They did something about what they were able to. They said, one thing is for sure, we are not going to sit here and die. Now that thought came from the Holy Spirit. Anything good comes from God. Anything bad, evil comes from the devil. 
Anything that propels you to move towards God comes from God. Anything that keeps you away from the house of God, anything that keeps you away from the presence of God, anything that keeps you away from the people of God, anything that keeps you away from the fellowship with God comes from Satan. That's your clue. Always remember. Anything that brings something into your mind to keep you away from God, to keep you away from the presence of God, to keep you away from the people of God is from Satan. We know such thoughts come. We know that Satan is after to slaughter you. Like I said, evil spirit, different evil spirits are assigned to keep track of your spiritual life. They are watching just like how heaven is watching to help you all the time, to give you everything you need, to make you everything that you need to become, to become productive powerhouse for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell is also watching, constantly keeping track of your moves, saying that, how can I trip you? 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 But when greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world, and he is in operation, we don't have to worry about how anyone can trip us as long as we don't let them in. So our job is to keep the enemy out. We need to come to a place where we say that enough is enough. Why do we sit here until we die? Do something about your situation, will you? Do something about your circumstances. Will you? Do something about your spiritual life. Can you? You can. Whatever is in your power to do with how, however God wants you to do. At this hour, God expects you to do something about your situation. Where heaven is involved at this hour, God wants to do something substantial for you. He says, are you going to get up from where you are? Are you going to move out of your leper colony? Are you going to move out of where you are? Are you going to move out of your starvation? Do you want to go into prosperity? You need to have faith. You need to have faith. You need to have some kind of faith. God has given a measure of faith to every single person. So with that faith, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep it to yourself and say that, well, I'm going to let that faith rot? And go with me to the grave. Or I'm going to take that faith. And I'm going to invest that faith. In the presence of God. Where that faith is going to grow. We grow from faith to faith. So every person. Every day must go from faith to faith. Their faith means to grow. We need to grow in faith. In order for us to grow in faith. We need to take what God has given. And do something about it. See, the worst thing you can do for yourself is do nothing about the something that you can do with what God has given to you. Don't sit without doing anything about yourself because you have the power to choose. You have the power to steer yourself in the right direction. You have the power to go to where you can get help. You have the power. You have the power because God has given it to you. These four men who were lepers, they were lepers. Yes, they were full of sores and they had all the problems that even the people who were healthy over the inside starving didn't have. They were in a very, very disadvantaged position, place. Yet, God came to them. You know why? Because they had faith. The rest of the people wouldn't have done what these fellows would have done. The rest of the people wouldn't have done what these fellows actually did. That's why God came and brought this thought to these people. Why should we sit here? Let's move out of here. So at this point, God is showing you this. There are thoughts that God will give to you. To say you need to get right with God. And you know what? Many times Satan will really fight that hard. 
when the Spirit of the Lord will say, you need to throw this out. You need to do this right now. You need to cut that line. You need to cut that connection. You need to destroy that relationship. Or you need to destroy this conversation. You need to do this right now. The Spirit of the Lord will say, you know, Satan will come and say, well, what if one day God wants me to give the gospel to this person? What if one day I'll be used to bring this person? What if? So I don't want to close that door. Who is that now? Satan. He's working against the work of God that is taking place. So important. So important. If they would have just said, well, what a waste it would be for us to go there. I'm not going. Now, let me tell you this. There would have been many lepers there, but only four, only four got up and left. Many lepers were there, but only four lepers got up and left. Many lepers were there. That only four were open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Many people who are alive during our lifetime, many are going to the grave. But it's the grace of God that has come to you during this hour, has brought you here where God is speaking to cause you to hear what God wants to do for you so that he can take you from this place of famine to a place of prosperity, spiritual famine to a place of spiritual prosperity, physical famine to a place of physical prosperity. God wants to break that curse, that cycle, and move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Now, let's go to verse four. If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city. And if we say, if we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. I want to read this one more time. If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the army of the Syrians. If they spare us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die. Now this is the move of the Holy Spirit that is coming to them. Famine is in the city. Why go there? Where you are, you're going to die here. Why stay there? Go where there is food. Go where you can get something. They had faith that, that they could be spared. They had faith that they could live because of that. If they had such faith, how much more you, when you know that when you come to the presence of God, It's not just a possibility. You will live. When you are in the presence of God, it's not just a possibility, but it's guaranteed that you will live because God wants you to live in the presence of God. There's no death. There's always life. So they're talking among themselves. They're saying we can't go there because there's death. We can't stay here because there's death. Let's go where there's life. And God is speaking to our hearts today. It's wise to go where there's life. Even if you have to get up and travel and go, go where there is life. Even if you have to get up and work hard, get up in the morning to hear the word of God, do it because that's where your life will begin to blossom. Now, verse five. So they arose in the twilight and went to the Syrian camp. So moved by the Holy Spirit, they're going to the Syrian camp with faith, with expectation. Somehow we need to get food. Somehow we need to get food and they will have mercy. The people who had disease in their bodies, 
foul order. Didn't have food, but they had faith. This thought is coming to me. If we go there, we will get our food. The thought came from God. When God gives you his thought to prosper you. When the enemy comes to fight against it, don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to negative spirits. Don't listen to demonic spirits that will want to keep you behind, keep you in Sodom, keep you in sin, keep you away from God. The first order of business is take care of the you on the inside. Take care of the you on the inside. So they arose in the twilight and went to the Syrian camp. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no man was there. No man was there. The very same God that sent prophet Elisha to prophesy to the people in Samaria. This is what God is going to do. What did he do after that word came? He went and did something there in the Syrian army. And the very same God who went and did something there in the Syrian army moved the lepers here so that they can go and get what God had for them to get. And in turn be a blessing to the people who are in Samaria who are starving for food. Verse 6. For the Lord had made the Syrian army hear a noise of chariots and horses, the noise of a great army. God did something to scare those people. They had said to one another, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to come upon us. So the Syrians arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents, horses, donkeys, even the camp as it was and fled for their lives. Uh, That's what I was saying yesterday through the Spirit of God. Between the time the prophecy came and between the time the prophecy was fulfilled, God was doing something. There's no silent period. Once the Word of God comes, heaven is involved. God is working. It's just we're not seeing. God is working. the, The people in Samaria didn't see what was happening there. They had no clue. God did something. Once the word came, God did something. And all of a sudden they heard something and, and in addition to what they heard, in their mind this thought came. That the king of Israel has hired an army and this is what happened and, and what happened? That fear came along with it. They all ran. God chased them out of there. God sent them away. See, our God can do anything. Remember that. Our God can do anything. Many times we sit and calculate and we think that it has to happen this way and and when it happens this way and then this will happen this way and don't waste your time thinking. Pray, leave it in the hands of God. Let him do the thinking, let him do the planning. He's the best planner. Don't think. Jesus said this so beautifully. Oh, don't worry about tomorrow what you shall eat, what you shall drink and what you shall put on. The heathen are concerned about these things. Don't be concerned about those because your father in heaven is concerned about that. He plans for your life. He plans for your future. He plans your day. He plans your seasons. He plans everything. You just need to seek him. And he plans everything. What a good God we have. What a good God we have. So God gave this word. 
And after he gave this word, God, we see here, did something. He drove the enemies away. The enemies were standing there for so long. Because of them, they had no food over there inside Samaria. They were powerless. They couldn't drive them away. But God, in less than a fraction of a second, caused fear to come upon them, caused them to hear something that was even not even true. It wasn't even true. They all fled. God drove them away. This is how powerful a God is. So the word from the Lord is, that which is against you, God will remove it from your life. That which is against you, God will remove it from your sin. That which is against you, that which is blocking your blessing, thus says the Lord of hosts, he will remove it out of your life. That which is preventing the progress, God says he will remove it. That which is preventing the progress that needs to take place in your life, that which is blocking that blessing, that which is blocking the financial blessing, that which is blocking the spiritual blessing, that which is blocking the blessing that God has for you, God says, when you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and you believe in the word of God, God says, he will remove that hindrance away from you. Only God can do that. Only God can remove the hindrance away from your life. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Power belongs to the living God. Now, if you have faith, and if you'd have expected, you'd be rejoicing. It won't be a shock for you. The man who didn't believe, it would have been a shock for him. He saw, but he was not a partaker of it. Maybe not be like that. Let unbelief have no part in your life. Be a man or a woman of faith. Now, let's read verse 8. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. Why? Because the enemy was removed. That which was keeping their food away was removed. This is the prophecy God is giving for us. For this season, whatever is blocking our blessing, God will remove it. And because of that, we will have plenty. Because of that, we shall have plenty. Because of that, God's people shall have plenty. That which is blocking our blessing, God will remove it from our lives. And because of that, we shall have plenty. They went, they ate and drank. And carried away silver, gold, and clothing. And went and hid them in the darkness. And we're like so happy. They said, we got it. They shouldn't come and take it. Let's go and let's take it and let's hide it. They went and hid it. Then they entered another tent and carried from there also. And went and hid it. They were so happy. Oh my God, I never thought that I have more. And they went and took that and they went and hid it. They took all that they needed and much more was there. Their hearts were so full. They were full of joy. They worked hard. They got out of their place. They came over here and they got what they came for. They believed and they received it. Now God is working here. The very same God who brought that thought into their minds. Can't stay here. We need to get up and we need to go. So that's the thought from God. Move of the Holy Spirit. Now, he gave them what they came for. And after that, he's again giving another thought. And that was, we are not doing right. This is the day of good news and we are silent and do not speak up. 
If we wait until daylight, some punishment will come upon us. We're not reporting at once. So now come, let us go and tell the king's household. Who is giving this thought? God. God is giving this thought to these people that you got to share. You need to go and tell them. I gave it to you so that you can be full. But not just keep it to yourself, but to give the good news to others. That's what salvation is. God didn't save you just to keep Jesus to yourself. Jesus is all mine. Jesus should be all yours at the same time. We need to give him to others also who are dying so that he can, he can become theirs too. The water that quenches our thirst can quench the thirst of millions and billions of people who are thirsty and many are dying every day from thirst when we have plenty of water. And we're boasting saying that I have the living water. What are you doing with that? You can't drink up the whole well. As much as you can, you can keep drinking, but this well keeps giving more and more water. What is it for? It is for you to distribute it, give it to others. It is important to drink and to give it to others. Otherwise, what will happen? Punishment will come upon us. If we wait until daylight, some punishment will come upon us. Between the time Elisha prophesied and the next day when Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, between that 24-hour period, so much had happened. God scared the enemies away. God spoke to the lepers and they came and they saw. And after they saw, they took what they needed and much more. And after that, God worked again so that they will not keep it to themselves. They're going to go first thing. Let the king know. Let those people know that there is wealth here. That the enemy has been driven out of this place. Nobody is here. You can come freely. This is a place of freedom. This is a place of prosperity. This is a place of joy. This is a place of peace. This is a place that God has made for us. This is the day that the Lord has made for us and for you. That's what true discipleship is. Being a true disciple is... Becoming the disciple of Jesus and also making disciples. That's what Jesus said. You are a disciple of me and I want you to go and make more disciples. Go and tell others what great things God has done for you and bring them to the kingdom of God so that they too can receive what you have received. So we see here, the lepers were prompted by the spirit of God that if you don't say what you got, some punishment will come upon you. How did they get that thought? It came from God. May the Spirit of God speak to your heart at this hour. This great salvation that I've received, if I don't share it with people, some punishment will come upon me too. If this great salvation that God has given to me in Jesus died so that the world can be saved, people can be healed, no one should perish, and that's his heart, and I'm keeping this news away from people, what will happen? Some kind of punishment will come upon me. The same goes for you. It is important for you to take what you should get. And after that, give to people. 
God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Jesus told Peter this. After you're converted, go strengthen your brethren. Once you receive what God has given, healing and blessing and all those things, deliverances, you can't sit still with all that and say, Lord, more, 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 pour more, pour more. He will pour more. Only when you give what you have. According to the measure you give, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, God says, will be given to you when? When you give. So what God has given to you, his salvation, his healing and his deliverance, when you share that to others, God will give more to you. That's how it works. But if you don't, then he's not going to. Why should he? Why should he give to you? Because you're not giving what you have right now. Why should he give more? But these lepers saw this very important principle, divine principle that God brought to them. And they obeyed the voice of God. They didn't say, well, we're tired. We walked all the way from there to here and we got everything. Now we have to carry everything and we have to go and tell those people, we'll just wait for another day. Then wait. The same spirit of God who gave the prophecy moved the enemy out, moved the lepers from where they were because out of all the people in Samaria, those who are outside the gates were the ones who are qualified, who had faith and who will obey the voice of the Holy Spirit to come and do what God would prompt them to do. And they not only got what they needed, when God prompted them again, they went with the move of the Holy Spirit, where they said, come, let's go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city. They told them, we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was neither sight nor sound of men there, only the horses and donkeys tied, and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out, and it was told to the king's household within. And the king rose in the night and said to his servant, servants, I will tell you that the Syrians, what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry, therefore they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking, when they come out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. (laughs) What can we do with people like this? Full of unbelief. You know how Satan is able to work through these people? You have the lepers over there who didn't have power, who didn't have the health, who didn't have anything, God was able to work through them to bring the blessing to this king and to his country. What's the king doing? After hearing the prophecy from Elisha, he's speaking this word. After hearing what God spoke through Elisha the prophet, he's saying that, well, this is a setup. Look, he's setting, he's setting his own thing over there. He's doing this because he wants to do this, because he wants to do this, and he wants to trap us. And because where is he getting that from? Just like how the lepers got the thought from God. This king, who has been so given over to the enemy, readily speaking the words of Satan, readily spoke what Satan spoke to him, through his mind. Suspicion. Suspicion is a big devil. You know, there are people who will doubt everything and anything, and whatever is not there, they will... They will hear in their heads and they will say it and they will believe it and they will, they will convince other people that this is what happened when it never happened, when it was never told and it's a big demon. The more you listen to the devil, the more he'll speak into your head and he'll make you believe that that's true. That's what happened here. The king got the word from God already. Satan's late in this. God gave the word through the prophet ahead of time. 
But Satan speaking after what God spoke through the prophet. And who is this king believing? He's believing the words of the enemy. And what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to keep them from inheriting the word that God spoke through Elisha the previous day. So the king is saying, no, 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 no. This is a setup. We're not going. If he would have done that, they would all been still starving. I mean, what God has done, what he had promised. When we yield ourselves to the voice of the devil, we will block ourselves from getting the blessing that God has. Those will be unclaimed blessings and those prophecies will not come to pass. Is God to be blamed? Is the prophet to be blamed? So in the, well, he said a false prophecy. No, the prophet was right. God was true. But if we go with what we hear from Satan and when we say that, oh, I believe the words of the enemy and we go with unbelief, we will block ourselves from receiving what God has for us, even though God has delivered it. We will be blamed. The lepers had faith, simple faith. They just went there. They said, tired of this, we're going there. The king didn't have that. He was ready to hear the voice of the enemy. The lepers were ready to hear the voice of God. The king was ready to hear the voice of the enemy. And who was working through the king? Satan. That's why he came so angrily and he wanted to kill Elisha. The lepers, though they were lepers, they found favor in the sight of God and they became an, they became agents of blessing. No matter what your life is, no matter how you've been, no matter what kind of spiritual disease you might have, you need to know one thing. As long as you are yielded to God, God is able to heal you if you disease. God is able to use you, like just like how he used these lepers, to give you more than you can ask or imagine, and to make your life into a blessing beyond your wildest imagination. Verse 13, one of his servants said, let some man take five of the remaining horses. If they are caught and killed, they will be no worse of than all the multitude of Israel left in the city to be consumed. Let us send and see. <laughs> Look at that. At least the other one said, okay, let's at least try this and see. Where did the prophecy go? God spoke through his servant. Where did it go? Did anybody talk about it? Did anybody say, oh, it happened just like how Elisha said yesterday. Let's go. Is that sad? Is that sad? God has spoken, but it's forgotten. He was so faithful to do it. But these people were so dull, so given over to demonic spirits that even what God has spoken is not really getting into them. That is so quick to believe Satan. You're so quick to let the enemy stop them. And then another thought comes. You call this grace. In the midst of unbelief, God is trying to steer them. And this guy says, let's do this. And they went after them to the Jordan all the way. And they saw all these things that were there. And the messengers return and tell the king, and we're going to verse 16. The people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel, as the Lord has spoken through Elisha. God 
God's word will always come to pass. Every prophecy given by God, when it's from the mouth of God, it shall come to pass. Whether you inherit it or not is up to you. Whether you receive it or not, it's up to you. Whether it's going to be claimed or unclaimed, it's going to be up to you. If the other man also would have been like the king, then they wouldn't have inherited what God had spoken to them. We don't want to be like the king who had the robe, who had the palace, who had everything, but he didn't have God. He didn't have the wisdom to believe the word of the Lord that came through the prophet. It wasn't even there in front of him. He's so quick to hear the devil and speak words of unbelief. Instead of choosing to trust what God spoke. God was so kind enough to speak his word and to keep it. Well, we must be worthy by expressing our faith to receive what God has spoken over our lives. According to what God spoke through Elisha, it exactly happened. But remember this. It could have been blocked. In your life, whatever God has spoken can be inherited by you or forfeited by you. It can be inherited by you or forfeited by you. Remember this. Don't be like the king. Be like the lepers. Don't be like the king. Have faith. Go and see what God has for you because he's spoken to you already. The king had appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the starving people trampled him in the gate as he struggled to get through for food and he died. As the man of God had foretold when the king came down to him. When the man of God had told the king, two measures of barley shall sell for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel tomorrow, about this time, in the gate of Samaria. The captain had told the man of God, If the Lord should make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, You shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it was fulfilled to him, for the people trampled on him in the gate, and he died. We need to mark this. It's very important. Verse 20. And so it was fulfilled to him. So the prophecy, the judgment of God that was spoken to him was fulfilled by God to him. The promise of God that was given to the people was fulfilled. It was fulfilled by God to them. It is important for us to be people who will receive the blessings of God, not the curses that come from God, because it will happen. What God has spoken shall come to pass, whether it's blessing or curses. We need to be under the blessings of God, not under the curses of God. We need to be under the mighty hand of God and believe everything that God has spoken. And what God has spoken over our lives, we need to be people who will go and inherit it, who will get it, who will walk in it, who will be partakers of it. And every blessing that God has for us shall come to pass. We're going to close our eyes and look to the Lord. But before we pray, I want you to understand that the good word of the Lord has come to us for this month of July. God wants you to do great things in our lives. God wants you to do the impossible. God wants you to break barriers. God wants you to bring down mountains. God wants you to raise up valleys. God wants you to do the impossible in your life. But who are you going to trust? Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some trust in kings and princes. But I trust in the name of the Lord. 
who do you trust? Has the Lord spoken to you about something? It is important for you to keep that in front of you, not the voice of Satan. It's important for you to keep that in front of you, not the voice of Satan. It's important to keep that in front of you, not the voice of Satan. Don't forfeit your blessings because Satan will come and speak and speak and speak and speak and speak lies to keep you from inheriting what God has for you. Don't let the enemy stop you from the blessing that God has for you. Trample that wicked serpent by speaking words of faith, the word of God over every voice that you hear that goes against what God has spoken. Then you will see God's word come to pass in your life. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for being our faithful God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us beyond our wildest imagination. Lord, you saw our struggles. You saw our pain. You saw our sickness. You saw everything. And you came to us, Lord. You gave us your word. You're so prompt in keeping your word. You're so faithful in fulfilling your word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this promise that you've given to us this month of July. That you would remove that which has been hindering our blessing. You would remove that which is, that which has been preventing our progress. You would remove that which has been the cause of our famine. But it's up to us whether we're going to walk in it, receive that, live in it or not. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this great blessing that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that your people be touched by the Spirit of God to go to a deeper level of faith. To believe the word of God that comes through the prophet of God. So that they can inherit the word that you have spoken over their lives. I come against all the forces of darkness, every demonic spirit that is warring against your people from receiving that which you have for them. I bind those in Jesus name, take victory in Jesus name. I pray may your people recognize the voice of the enemy and shut it down immediately. May they go with the voice of the Holy Spirit and not with the voice of the demonic spirit. So that they may prosper in all they do and have good success. And I thank you for doing this as your servant standing in the presence of God. Before the throne of God. According to the power and authority given to me by the almighty God. I bless your people in this month of July. That they may walk in the promises of the living God that they may inherit that which is spoken by fully trusting in the word of God and by obeying every prompting of the Holy Spirit. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ